With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. Rev up your engines. Adam Carolla is teaming up with Podcast One to bring you Going Racing, your new favorite high-speed racing podcast. Get ready, set, and go download new episodes of Going every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome into the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzola back here with Mike Renner talking some NFL draft. Mike, a few people have been asking about Sam. Mm-hmm. It's not that they don't like you. They just miss Sam. They miss my, my buddy who we yeah. argue. We don't argue that much, but people think we argue. And we just lost his, half the listeners because they hate when I say that. He doesn't do his draft work. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do as draft much work. draft work. He does some. Uh, but not as much as you. You're like our draft expert that we're bringing in. It's mm-hmm. a special talent that mm-hmm. we're bringing in here. That's why you've been doing so many podcasts. Sam and I will be doing a podcast next week, though, from New York. We're going to Sports Illustrated to cover... The first round. We have a lot planned over these next couple weeks. I want to start the show, though. First off, here's what we're going to do today. What was the article you wrote today? ProFootballFocus.com? How did we word it? It was the dream scenario for each NFL franchise in the upcoming NFL draft. Yeah, so the best case scenario, essentially. Yeah, so each team. So I propose it as this. No one thought that Derwin James was going to drop to 17 to the LA Chargers. That was far and away their best case scenario of that draft. Mm Mm-hmm. What if? What would that be? What would that look like for each team this season if they had that scenario fall into their lap? What player would that be? Kyler so Murray times through. thirty-two. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, like, that's what we're going to be doing, Re- somewhat realistically, right? Trying to trying to predict. So it'll be fun. So you wrote the article, and then I have a corresponding pick too. So we'll each give essentially our our best yes. dream scenario for each team, first round, and those four second round teams that don't have a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Bears don't have a first or second. Uh, but before we get into it, you know, just some general draft theory. I like when these discussions come up. Something happened online. Yes, I saw you, I saw you tweet about okay. it. Yeah, and you worded something that I believe you just worded it well. How did it was about hitting on picks? I think the initial question was about Arizona, right? From yeah. an article that said, "Hey, Steve Arizona, Steve Kime, those guys believe in their ability." Mm-hmm. To make picks. The whole Dave Gettleman never trading back in his entire career. He just believes in his ability to make picks. Yes. Right? So how did you phrase... What was your response to that? Because I thought it was uh, intelligent. What I said was, the problem is that self-assuredness is rewarded pretty much everywhere along the NFL hiring process when, in actuality... Admitting you don't know is more valuable than being sure of yourself. In the draft process. Saying, I actually don't... Pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like pretty you much think any the entire decision. Well, any decision being able to admit that it's not a hundred percent versus zero percent probability right. that there's indecision, that there's a range of outcomes for anything, is better than be, than saying, "Oh, I know this is what's going to happen." Right. And so, range of outcomes, I think, is the biggest thing, right? Because mm-hmm. that is where teams come up with the idea of let's trade down. 
And everybody who's studied the draft, it's not just us, has come to the conclusion that trading down is far more valuable unless you know you're getting that franchise quarterback, right? Yeah. So trade down, trade down, trade down because you're just getting more, more lottery tickets, so to speak. And there was, we broke this down in the Marcus Davenport trade a couple, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Having two first-rounders versus one first-rounder, I mean, my God, that's, that's a massive difference unless that one first-rounder is Andrew Luck or you know, a top-notch quarterback. I just thought, you, I thought, you, I thought it was well said. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. So is it time? Should every team sit there and say, look, we hit on 50% of our picks. Let's just admit that. Mm-hmm. If you can get to 55 or 60%, you do have an edge. I think there is that percentage point edge that can happen. I think PFF data is a, a connector to help get mm-hmm. to that point. But, man, you still have to acknowledge you're going to miss a big chunk of the time, therefore accumulate draft picks. Yes. And sometimes you'll miss and it's outside of your control. I mean, sometimes you have a perfect evaluation of a player. He's all destined to be great, and he breaks an ankle and it's never the same. You know, Sometimes something happens off the field and... He's never the same, comes to your organization, doesn't want to try. You know, if something changes right. that you cannot, you know, you can aim for 100%, but you're not going to hit 100%. So to act like you will, to act like I drafted the guy who was number one on my board, I know he's going to work out, you just don't. That's why I say there's no such thing as sure things. We can say, you know, barring, you know, if he just stays healthy and stays on the field, but some guys just don't stay healthy and stay on the field. So that's really tough to do. So you're, you're talking about general managers who have to go to a job interview, so to speak, with an owner, mm-hmm. right? And act like they know what they're talking about. I know how to evaluate players. I know how right. to do all this stuff, right? You get the points thing. for being mm-hmm. confident. But the right owner, the owner really should be looking for the guy that comes in with some humility Yes. And instead of saying, I know player evaluation, say, I know the process. Mm-hmm. And if he says, I know the process, it's my evaluations aren't going to be perfect. Therefore, we have to do this, this, and this exactly. to mitigate it. So, yeah, it's an interesting discussion. Um, I don't want to get too far into it, but um, we do have the PFF store right now with a picture of my face that says draft good players from a couple of years ago. One of our astute listeners a couple of years ago came up with the design. We enhanced it. And it's a picture of me. Stole it. Four pictures of enhanced it. Yeah. And said, draft good players. I used to think that was my draft theory. Look, if you just hit on more players, no matter who they are, you're going to be okay over time. But I've started to change my theory about it too, and just so we're selling false, false, false. No, it's still good. It's still still good good. over time. If you draft good players, you're okay. Fair. But I think I am less concerned with hit rate, so to speak, and understanding that because there is ranges of outcomes, take those shots on the high end outcome potential, which is quarterback. Mm-hmm. cornerback the high value value positions and if you yeah. miss on a couple along the way it's okay mm-hmm. so draft strategy evolving that's Always. what we need steve pell is all we, draft we here admit we don't evolve. know it all except for sam sam thinks he knows it all he does i, I know i know I, a lot you uh, don't you you're 50 50 i don't know it all i don't even come close you've been pretty I good like with misses. your evaluation stuff anyway all right let's get into this dream mock scenario so we're gonna go team by team and we'll discuss Optimal. their best case scenario. Yep. Okay. So, number one overall pick, Arizona Cardinals. You went with? Kyler Murray. I'm also going to go Kyler Murray. Number one player on PFF's draft board. Number one player on our draft board. We think that's the right move. Upgrade over Josh Rosen. Figure out what to do with him after. That's their best case scenario. Yeah. All Not right. much discussion there. So now, the San Francisco 49ers are picking a two. We're not, so we're not really going to say Kyler Murray for everybody, but there are some scenarios where maybe we think he could drop, and we'll we'll mm-hmm. say him. What's the 49ers' best case scenario? Nick Bosa. Uh, I think these are all. So these are all no trades. We're not saying. We obviously we just had a discussion about trading down. Yeah, this is saying guy falls into your lap. Who's the best to take at that pick? No trades. Nick Bosa would be the optimal. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not going to draft Kyler Murray realistically. Nick Bosa is the cleanest at a position of dire needs still with the Ford even in the fold so I agree with Nick Bosa there and even though we've had other discussions internally about hey cornerbacks more valuable than edges and all that stuff I don't know that we have any corners that we feel top five good about even though we have Byron Murphy at six on our board his his evaluation versus the the comfort level that we have as we just said admit that you can miss on people we feel really strongly about Nick Bosa's evaluation because of the data Um, and that's part of well, that's part of the whole eval process, too. How strongly do you feel yeah. based off all the information? So Nick Bosa, I agree. Best case scenario for the San Francisco 49ers. 
New York Jets at three. What's your best case scenario for them? I think it's still Nick Bosa. And I think this is it for Nick Bosa. If somehow you know his tweets about Trump in the past come back and the 49ers won't draft him in the San Francisco market, whatever. I don't know why they wouldn't draft him. I they've think been deleted. So you can pencil okay. that in. I know they've been deleted. But for some reason, the 49ers go elsewhere. Nick Bosa has to be your pick if you're the Jets. And that's, that's as far as we're going to drop Nick Bosa in this dream scenario. Okay. So, I, you know, I mean, I, I can understand that. I said Jonah Williams. Mm. There's a lot of Williamses around here. I think he's going to drop that far, Steve, so... I, but but we're talking about to me I didn't this is dream scenario slash best fit I'm okay. treating this as best fit okay fair as well I love the Jets with Jonah Williams or Josh Allen there so I just for this for this argument I just said Jonah Williams mm-hmm. I like both players there I, selfishly I wanted Josh Allen somewhere else you know I know they could be in two yeah. different places that's just how I played it I gotcha. think Jonah would be a great fit building that offensive line for the Jets okay Raiders at four what's their best case scenario Kyler Murray also comes off the board here because I, th- I think if he is there, it is a perfect fit in terms of Derek Carr is not John Gruden's guy. You are not tied to him by any means. John Gruden has shown he's not tied to any per- player in particular. Kyler Murray offers you if Arizona somehow passes on him. I, I think this is where he would come off the board is to the Raiders or someone else trading up. But I think the Raiders would be willing to pull that trigger on a quarterback now, I don't think there anyone else really fits that bill, but I think he is electric enough that John Gruden would be willing to take the leap. So I agree there, because um, we're talking about, if you really look at the top three teams, Cardinals, 49ers, and Jets, they don't need quarterbacks. The, mm-hmm. the Cardinals just drafted Josh Rosen. So if they do decide to go Nick Bosa number one, 49ers go somewhere else, Jets go somewhere else, and Kyler's still there. I also think in a trading scenario, if any team, I, I, think, I think Kyler Murray is either a Cardinal or a Raider. Come draft night. I really think it's those two situations. It's either the Raiders trade up yeah. or the Cardinals take them. Yes. I guess the Giants could trade up. I just don't foresee it happening. No, yeah. I, don't, I just don't think. That's why I didn't put him here. Gettleman's not going to pick a 5'9 quarterback. I just don't. Okay, excuse me. 5'10 quarterback. This is not going to happen. Let's get the hair. Yeah. Now, I will, when we do get to the Giants' best-case scenario, I'm going to say Kyler again. <laughs> just breaking news. Because, yeah. I mean, we're living in dream worlds here, right? So... It's a dream world. But yeah, Kyler to the Raiders, I think they would absolutely do it. I think mm-hmm. they like him. Uh, Bucks at number five. What's their best case? Josh Allen, Kentucky edge rusher. His versatility in Todd Bowles' defense, Yeah, there's, that's too much. I mean, We're on the same page here. of a fit there. And yep. I think that's what, that's what they're hoping for, too. I yeah. think that, that's, re- that's a realistic scenario. I mean, to me, it's either Josh Allen or Quinnen Williams. This is, the, I think, five through eight is that scenario where every team would love a Josh Allen or a Quinnen Williams. And that yeah. best case scenario is teams, you know, QB needy teams over, you know, they trade up above you and they go get a Dwayne Haskins. They go and craziness happens and these good defensive players fall. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are in that boat. Josh Allen or Quinnen Williams, I think, dream scenario here for them. Giants at six. Josh Allen again. You're going to say Josh I, I Allen I think Josh again. Allen again. I, I, I could see Devin White coming off the board at five. Somehow someone else trading up for a quarterback in the top five. Then that leaves you with Josh Allen at six. I think that would be addressing the edge there would be better than if someone jumped you for a quarterback going for a third quarterback at six. Again, if we're, if we're losing the court, if, if teams are going up to get quarterbacks, I say it's Josh Allen or Quinnen Williams. I'm taking either one mm-hmm. in a heartbeat there from the Giants. They both they're just playmakers that are needed on that side of the ball. Again, I also think there's a, there's a chance that the top five teams, there's a slim chance, because we're just playing odds here, that all five teams just pass on quarterbacks. There's no movement. Kyler Murray is there. I think that'd be the best case scenario for the Giants. Whether or not Gettleman would mm-hmm. do that, I don't know. Yeah, I tried to add a, a layer of realism in terms of, I, I just don't think it's going to Well, happen. you wrote a whole article. You put full thought <laughs> into this. I, just, I know. I just wrote some names down on yeah. a whim in response to what you did. So that's, that's part of the discussion. So the Jaguars at... Number seven. Where'd you go here? This one I went back and forth on. I wanted to include Quinnen Williams possibly sliding, but I think DK Metcalf makes a lot of sense here as well. So either of those two you can go. I think Quinnen Williams, though, if he did fall to seven, which there is an outside shot of happening. Yeah, those those chances are now dwindling. Yeah. Once you get to seven, eight. That's but, it. But I also I agreed with Quinnen. I do think if we're talking player fit for, say, D.K. Metcalf. I would love to see D.K. Metcalf. Well, not so much for D.K. Metcalf, but for the quarterback situation. 
mm-hmm. Jacksonville. Having Nick Foles throwing to a DK Metcalf would be great for Foles. We'll talk about DK in a minute as well, but I could see that as a great fit for the Jaguars and Nick Foles. could also talk to Juan Taylor, but I think that is more realistically going to mm-hmm. be an option for them at seven. Uh, Lions at number eight. What's their best case scenario? I think this is realistically as far as Josh Allen could fall on draft day if we see a somewhat precipitous drop. I don't think the Lions would pass on him. So Josh Allen, this is it, where he ends up last stop for him. Am I, am I too locked into Greedy Williams and the Lions here at eight? I mean, it's, a, greedy, it's a possibility. I don't see it as their best case scenario in the yeah. draft, but I think it's a distinct possibility. Of them, of that actually being the pick come draft day. And yeah, again, I w- I'm treating this fits what they need. I'm fitting. I'm treating this as much about fit mm-hmm. as anything. I still think Greedy Williams is a perfect fit. We had an astute YouTube commenter ask us if Byron Murphy's your top corner, why would you have Greedy Williams ahead of him to the Lions in the mock draft? And again, because we just keep reiterating, it's about scheme fit. They play a ton of press man coverage. Greedy Williams, the best press man corner in the draft, so you can't always just go. By mm-hmm. the position rankings, there is some context there. All right, Bills at number nine. Listen up, Bills fans. This is DK Metcalf. Also, this is where I put him. I just think Metcalf speed, catch radius. Com- For Josh With Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. the one year that he was, did grade out well in our system. He was a big-time throw machine down the field passing. That's where he can make up for his inefficiencies or his deficiency, excuse me, in the accuracy department with some beautiful throws down the field. And that's, I mean, that's DK Metcalf. That's what you'd get him for if you're oh, drafting man. him. The fun factor. For the big ball. Fun, yeah. Hashtag fun to watch. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's your ideal slide there. I said Byron Murphy. Just to piss Bills fans <laughs> off again. To get that perfect corner. Byron Murphy's going to be in a lot of my selections here because any team that plays a ton of zone I think is going to be you know you're yeah. kind of hoping for Byron Murphy so that's that's all I'm saying is Byron Murphy in that bill scheme would be fantastic he'd be a top five player in this draft class and that's why you draft mm-hmm. the best players you know oh no sorry we've got Kevin Johnson for a year don't worry about it we're good Ooh. Levi Wallace had a good 300 snaps don't worry we're good Kevin Byron Johnson. Murphy it's a good fit yeah for the Buffalo Bills at nine all right Broncos at 10 I think Devin White if Interesting. the Bucks pass on Devin White, I think he drops past Giants, Lions, Bills, Jags. This would be a perfect. I mean, Vic Fangio, Devin White gets his Roquan Smith, gets his Patrick Willis. That player has a lot of value in his defense, so I think Devin White. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I went Ed Oliver from Houston. Get that interior yeah. disruption there. I, I think, think that. I, I think, think one of those thrilled. likely to be on the board. Oh yeah, I think the Broncos. Chance come away with somebody that they're very happy so with those would both be good fits for them i've also considered all the cornerbacks there just to continue to stock up at that position in denver mm-hmm. i know they invested in Kareem jackson yeah but they've got chris harris little old at that position yes not a great position to be old at but no yeah. so i could see the corners there as well for denver uh cincinnati bengals at 11 everybody's given them devin white and this is also where devin white comes off the board yeah. uh so if both Devin White and Ed Oliver do fall, I think the Bengals would be getting one of them. Maybe if, if they pick Oliver the Broncos, then Devin White would be a sprint-the-card-in sort of pick for the Bengals. For the Bengals, Oliver would be? Devin or White. Devin White, I got you. Yeah. So Devin White, yeah, everybody thinks this is a perfect fit for the Bengals. I went slightly different here. I said Dwayne Haskins. Um, it does sound like he'll be available there, the way the draft's falling. People are saying. I'm starting to lean, right? You know how people do this whole QB pairing thing? Mm-hmm. If it goes Kyler goes to Arizona, Daniel Jones goes to the Giants, and then Haskins to the Bengals. To the Bengals. I don't know that this is their best-case scenario, but it's one that I would take. I would say, okay, let's at least mm-hmm. let's take the shot on Haskins. I know you're a little bit lower on Haskins, but this yeah. is where... I'll be calling Haskins' name out a few, in a handful of picks from now, but yeah. Well, I mean, if we're t- yeah, we'll talk about Haskins even mm-hmm. more as we go. How about the Packers at 12? I think Ed Oliver would be their best-case scenario in terms of someone dropping to them. What about Tillery? Tillery's going to drop to them, but a Tillery more like 30 would be their best-case scenario someone dropped. I tried to make it realistic okay, I got you, what's I got you. actually going to come off the board here based on what we've heard. Ed Oliver, the position across from Mike Daniels. I mean, you, they need that other base end. Now, he doesn't necessarily fit that great athlete, the profile you want in terms of length, but I think he can still play against... But you worry about the length because of the run game, and he can still play against the run. I mean, he did that extremely well in college. That's not where I have too many question marks about him. So... Uh, and just a player he could also learn from in Mike Daniels, very For similar sure. size. Yeah, I mean, if you think, I think that would be a great landing fit or mm-hmm. landing spot and fit for Ed Oliver. 
Um, all right, I'll agree with you there. That's a good best case scenario for yeah. the Packers. I, I see where your reasoning's going mm-hmm. with all these things. Dolphins at thirteen. I went to Juan Taylor. Okay. Because one tackle, obviously, across from Tunsil, Laramie Tunsil there, a glaring need after Juwan James went to Denver. And then two, any quarterback that you draft there has no surrounding, t- has no offensive line. And so you, they're not in a position to where they're that close roster wise. It's not a great roster in Miami. You're not so close roster wise that this quarterback you think even this year or even next year is going to take you to the promised land. Build around whoever the quarterback of the future is going to be after Fitzmagic. You don't, at this point, I imagine two quarterbacks will be off the board. Uh, like I said, if you're standing pat at 13, two quarterbacks will be off the board. Don't throw a guy into the fire behind just nothing in front of him. Build that O-line first, get him some talent, then throw a QB in there next year most likely. Or two years from now. And that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. Their best case scenario, trade down, accumulate assets. Never draft anyone. Tank for Trevor Lawrence. Trade to 2020 draft. All yes. the 2020 draft picks. Get as much 2020 draft capital. No, 2021 okay. draft capital yeah. as possible. And, and get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. That is your best case Miami Dolphins. If there's a team... Which, I was going to say, which team, though, is that not the best case scenario for? So it is for everybody, but yeah. if there's a team that is set up for the two-year tank job, it's the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. First off, because they have a new head coach. And sometimes you need that new head coach. I think to Dolphins put in. and Redskins. We'll talk Dolphins about and there. Redskins are in there as well. Um, I think the Bengals, honestly, are in that boat. Yeah. If they want to be. But yeah, the Redskins don't have a new head coach. So they're kind of behind the eight ball. But yeah. Right. But I think the Dolphins... Two-year tank mode, trade down, 2021 draft capital. Make sure you lock in Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence. All right, Falcons at 14. What's their best-case scenario? I think Jonah Williams is their best-case scenario. I think there's a very good chance he is there on the board. And Ryan Schrader turning into a pumpkin overnight really kind of torpedoed that offensive line. So they need someone there. And their offensive line just overnight felt like it got weak. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Ryan Schrader just like... He's gone. He is. They cut him because he was just not nearly himself a season ago. Yeah. And interior had been had had some question marks. So, yeah, they need something there. No, it's tough to argue with Jonah there. I also thought about Brian Burns with Florida State. I think I think no, he yeah. has a chance to be there, but a good fit. Feels like the Falcons and Steelers are always grabbing edge defenders in the first round. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're wrong. It just feels like they're always taking shots yeah. at that position. Yeah, uh, but I think Brian Burns would be a really nice fit there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Redskins at 15, what's your best-case scenario? I think this is Dwayne Haskins' best-case scenario. Okay. One, he doesn't have to start immediately if you have Case Keenum in the fold. Two, you have an offensive line. And three, they, they just they need somebody. And they don't have a, a terrible roster. that. So with Case Keenum and the roster they have, they're not going to have the first overall pick next year, most likely. Right. I mean, this is a, fu- it's a good enough roster that they're not going to be drafting so high. So if Dwayne Haskins does slide, I, I think at 15 is where I'd feel confident enough to be like, hey, I'll take that chance at 15. Right. A lot of good players will be off the board to where you're not even sh- get sure you're getting a starter necessarily at another position. Why not try the quarterback position if, a, if I know I'm not getting a starter? So I'm with you there. I, I put Dwayne Haskins slash Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. I think Rosen too. I'd be okay with them uh, trading. You know, look, if, if Rosen's value really is down and you don't have to give up number 15 to go get him, then great. If you have to give up a second to get Josh Rosen, I think he's worth the shot. It keeps coming back to there's a chance Rosen is a franchise guy. There's a chance Haskins is a franchise guy. You're the Redskins. Case Keenum's not your franchise guy. So take a shot on one of these guys. That would be a best case scenario for either of those guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we hit the second half of the first round, quick break for our Eckridge Ingredients for Success. And this week's Eckridge Ingredients for Success features Alabama interior defensive lineman Quinnen Williams. Williams had success in all roles last season, posting the highest grade we've ever seen from an interior defensive lineman at 96 overall, while also leading the nation with the highest grade against the run at 96.5 and tying for the highest grade as a pass rusher at 92.5. Williams combined his first step quickness with incredible hand usage to become the most unblockable defensive lineman in the nation in 2018, and he could play multiple spots along the D-line at the next level. Williams has the ingredients to make an early impact in the NFL. Visit Eckridge.com today for meal ideas featuring Eckridge smoked sausage and their entire lineup of breakfast meats, franks, and easy-to-follow recipes. All right, let's get to number 16 here. The Carolina Panthers. What's their best-case scenario? Here's where I said Brian Burns. I think it's also realistic. Need defensive end help. Someone across Mario Addison doesn't necessarily fit their profiles that they've 
drafted in the past or liked in the past, but then again, they haven't hit on ton of profiles they've drafted or liked in the past. And so I think Bruce Irvin signing is not keeping me from drafting no. more help on the edge. There's so a reason I, why he was still getting kicked around. I agree with Burns. They've needed. I feel like I've been mocking edge defenders to them for the last three years, saying, mm-hmm. look, got to get younger, got to get younger, got to get younger. Also think Dalton Reisner slash Juwan Taylor as guys that played right tackle can step in as Daryl Williams insurance as he's on his one-year deal and just trying to rebuild that offensive line. Reisner in particular, if he has to kick in and play guard, mm-hmm. and you do re-sign Daryl Williams long-term, if he bounces back, Taylor Moton, now you're starting to piece together a pretty good yeah. offensive line there in Carolina. Dang. How about the Giants at 17? Dwayne Haskins. I think this is where I would take Dwayne Haskins out of the Giants. I would not... I wouldn't necessarily want him at six, but 17, you've kind of like sent a shot that he's a developmental guy when you're picking him at 17. Oh, yeah, you've, six. Like you've it's, hedged. You're not, yeah, it's it's hedging and hedging at the most important position, which is, which is nice. You know, you don't want to, at number six, you're going to be able to find in all likelihood in this draft a very good player, like a quality impact starter immediately. At number 17, that's not going to be the case necessarily. So. Just to circle back to what the Jets did when they drafted Geno Smith a couple years ago, even though Geno didn't hit, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great move at the time. They had two first-rounders. They spent them on D. Milner, Sheldon Richardson at the time. Second round, Geno Smith was on the board, and they just took him. And, it's, and it clearly said, we didn't have a first-round grade on you. We didn't think you were a franchise guy. But if you hit, man, we just got a steal, yeah. right? And you just give him a shot, and it didn't work out, and that's fine. I, just, I think that it, it's, not, it's not the wrong way to play it. Mm-hmm. People look down on that stuff. And this goes back to that whole like fear of missing or whatever. It's like, all right, if you hit on the number 17 player and it's a quarterback, like you've, you've won the jackpot yeah. in this draft. If you miss, I mean, you can miss on Haskins as much as you can miss on some offensive tackle or some guard or whoever you might mm-hmm. take. So I think that makes a ton of sense. Because I had quarterback the first time around with the Giants, I was saying Burns here as well for the Giants. They'd be, yeah. I think, excited to take him at this point. It's mm-hmm. 17. Uh, 18 for the Minnesota Vikings. What's their best case scenario? Jonah Williams. I think another... Is he really going to be around? What's happening I think he him? is. I mean, I've seen mocks of him in the <laughs> mid-20s. And I'm going to say Jonah Williams' name one more time on this. But, yeah, Jonah Williams, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to see the Vikings passing on Jonah Williams. Uh, like, I could... The only way they could is if they had maybe, like, Cody Ford hire a guard or something, like one of those guys. Uh, yeah. Just, but I think Jonah Williams is not a lot of teams... From what I've seen, if if Jawan Taylor and Dillard are really going to be off the board before him because people think they can play tackle better, I could see him falling at least this far. Man, you know, just the fact that Jonah might be a guard on a bunch of boards could lead him to falling. Absolutely, yeah. if if that's your point, I agree. That's the best case scenario. Jonah Williams, if you can get our top offensive tackle at number eighteen, that'd be a win. Uh, Tennessee Titans at number nineteen. What's their best case? I have DK Metcalf, and truthfully. This is as low as I can see Metcalf going. I get that it's deep wide receiver class. There's going to be a lot of talent in the second round as well. But DK brings a little bit something different to the table. And what that is is speed, downfield ability, and size. Titans really don't have that speed yeah, to compliment in their roster at the moment. Corey Davis, who's more of a possession receiver. Be perfect, I like yeah. it. Because you don't have – I've been saying Metcalf's not your traditional – he's not your traditional number one. He's not going to be a 160 targets, 120 catch guy. He's going to be a – 80-catch guy, but maybe 1,400 yards on those 80-catches. You just have to understand yeah. where his value is. Mm-hmm. And it is as a deep threat, body control, size, and all that stuff. Defense yeah. has to account for him. So I do think that would be uh, that'd be a nice pick for the Titans at 19. I agree there. Uh, Steelers at 20. What's their best-case scenario? So I'm going to disagree with you here, and I'm going to tell you why. I think Devin Bush is their best-case scenario. You're going to say... I, I'm saying Byron Murphy. This and I'm is gonna where I'm going to say why I think you're wrong here, and it's positional scarcity. In this draft, linebacker is very, very weak after those top two. Devin Bush, Devin White, the drop-off is enormous. So that third guy, yeah. the difference between Byron Murphy and maybe Julian Love in the second round, is there is a difference. I mean, we like Murphy much better as a player, but it's not the difference between Devin Bush and I don't know who even you're going to, you know, Mac Wilson maybe in the second round. I don't know who you're going to take in the second round, but it's, it's a yeah, big that would, gap. That would be bad. There's a big gap there. So, so I understand. I'm viewing it from the point of Byron Murphy's a top 10 player on our draft board, and if you're sitting there at 20, yeah. You're a zone-heavy defense that, you know, Byron Murphy fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a dream scenario for them. 
I think it's a realistic scenario because Murphy yeah. only ran four five five. So some teams are gonna. I was gonna say I went through some mocks doing this. I went through like maybe five mocks just to like get an idea of get where a range. But I remember if he went to the Steelers in all of them. So Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. Listen, I'm so, I'm in my own bubble. No, I'm just saying like that's like wild. You never see that sort of the consistency. Consistency. There. Especially that like, late. But yeah. I feel like we've pushed the narrative that he's such a good zone corner that a lot of people are catching on to that and putting Example. him yeah. with, the, with the Steelers. Um, so I'm in my own bubble where I don't care about other people's mocks all that much at all. And I just keep thinking about Murphy in the top. I also 15. think linebacker's a bigger need for them in terms of they have Steven Nelson. Oh, I hear you. you have I, Joe Hayden. You have. They would be thrilled to have Devin Bush there. What's his face? The Ole Miss slot. I can't think of his name. All right. 21, Seahawks. Brian Burns. I just Go took over as host role. That's good. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Brian Burns there. I, I think this one, uh, realistically, as low as I can see Burns going. I, I would be very surprised if he fell past the Seahawks at 21. I mean, that's like what they need on that defensive line. Speed off the edge. The Cliff April. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I would just be very surprised if he dropped any further than this. I would consider Greedy Williams as a really yeah. good fit here too. Yeah, you know your your size press man corner. They, the the huge need at cornerback. I don't know if he's a perfect Seattle scheme fit, but I would still probably take him there. Mm-hmm. So I'd be between Burns and Greedy Williams there. Uh, Ravens at twenty two. This one's weird to me. I also put Jonah Williams here. Yeah, and I think like I said, it, it might ha- he might drop this far. Uh, so I, then I he's think a guard after, for you, or for the Ravens, he would be a guard for them with Orlando Brown at right yeah. tackle, Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. You're, this could be Marshall Yonda's last season. I mean, he's that's been reported, and realistically, I mean, he's like 35. You should not be planning for him to be around too much longer than this. You need a left guard, anyways. So. Right, uh, him, Reisner, Cody Ford, I think all would all would provide more value than a wide receiver. A lot of people like to mock them wide receiver. Or running back. I think all those guys would provide you more value than any of those two positions in the first round. You're all in and building the Ravens run game because... It would be like the 49ers back in 2012 when they were just so so dominant up front with an option attack that that's when the run game actually has value. Then you're just... So, everyone's so worried about the run because you have no recourse. You have to put so many resources towards it. And yes, you're only gonna you know you still only average like five and a half a carry, five to six, and it's not as good as the pass game, but you're doing it. It's more consistent than the pass game, and then it gives Lamar Jackson favorable looks, gave Colin Kaepernick far more favorable looks than you're ever going to get as a non in an offense that's not built like that. So no, I get it. I you could build you could build that type of offense with some right hits on the offensive line here. So I don't hate that. I mean, obviously, if Joan is there, that's that feels like that's your best player available. Go ahead and grab it. I went Burns here as well. Another yeah, another it. scenario where if he falls, fits the need to replace um, not only Suggs, but just, you know, this. Yeah, and Zedarius. Zedarius Smith. I mean, just just they've needed edge defenders uh, of youth. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, they got Tim Williams and Tyus Bowser, but both have just stunk. Yeah. Unfortunately. Undersized guys. Yeah. That haven't panned out. Uh, to Houston Texans at 23. What's their best case scenario? I think Andre Dillard. This one might take a trade up. Unfortunately, I don't foresee too much of a slide for him, Washington State tackle. But the best case scenario is that he falls. NFL readiness, though. You need, (laughs) I think he's pretty NFL. He's more NFL ready than Juwan Taylor, and you need that in pass protection. Julian Davenport allowed 11 sacks last year, left tackle. One of the worst pass protectors. I'm with you. Andre Dillard, I think, is a perfect scenario. You tweeted out today, hey, you don't like drafting for need, but hey, Texans, go draft a tackle. They're going to draft a tackle. And it's a good draft to be needing a tackle. So this is, where, but that's where dra- that's where need and value match. If we only had yeah. one offensive tackle with a first round grade, and there wasn't one when the Texans yeah. pick, we would not be advocating just draft a tackle. It's more the fact that we have five guys with tackle potential in the first mm-hmm. round, so it should match up with them at twenty three. Now it's Raiders time, twenty four, and then they have twenty seven again. What's their best case scenario? Twenty four. Here's where Byron Murphy, I think, would be a great scenario for agreed if he's there yes paul gunther their dc their zone i mean that's the zone heavy he's known for his zone coverage is coming from the Bengals. off off sort of zone that's byron murphy's bread and butter so i think that scheme fit that would be a perfect one and then it's you know their second pick they can you can get uh you can go to a lot of different ways but i think that would be positional value would be nice for those three if you can hit three valuable positions with those first three picks in the first round that'd be who they get in this best case first round well they got kyler Right. Um, so I agree with that. So their best case, let's, let's do 27 too while we're here. Okay. So your best case at 27 is? Marquise Brown. 
So they're going to get Kyler Murray, Byron Murphy, and then Marquise Brown. Yep. So that's me, the best you case scenario for the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, tell me that wouldn't rip the knob off your doorknob. Of your, uh, that Whatever be, you're saying, <laughs> I agree it would. Kyler, <laughs> Kyler gets a his deep draft. threat yeah. in Marquise Brown. Murphy is the perfect scheme fit for the Raiders. He's a top 10 player on our board. Mm-hmm. So if you could get him at 24, I think that'd be per- that would be great. And I love the idea of protecting Marquise Brown in terms of in the slot early on in his career because he didn't face press like at all at Oklahoma. Just no one came up and punched him in the mouth ever. So you have Antonio Brown, Tyrell yeah. Williams over there. Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams on the outside. And then he works in the slot, and you can do a lot of different things with Man, him you're building if he's a, your number three. You're building a pretty exciting team there with Kyler at the helm. Right. Throwing to those guys. I like it. Best case scenario. Um, I went DeAndre Baker the second time around for the Raiders because, honestly, if Byron Mur- even if they did draft Byron Murphy, if they also got DeAndre Baker and added him to Gary and Conley in the back, mm-hmm. on the back end, I think that'd be a fantastic way to get better quickly yeah. on the back end for the Raiders. All right, let's circle back to the number 25 pick now, the Philadelphia Eagles. What's their best case scenario? I put Devin Bush, and again, positional scarcity, a big thing here, but also... I think this is realistically as low as he could possibly fall. Yeah, he could fall draft. probably not beyond this, though. Yeah, because that's they're taking him if he's there, I would say. It just what he can do as a blitzer along with that front four, you could do some fun things. And then just even from a coverage standpoint, replace Jordan yeah. Hicks a little bit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Eagles... There's a lot of reasons why who would make sense there. The Eagles are kind of like the Bears, is those the team that doesn't have a ton of just clear needs. That may, you know, because, you know, mock drafts, everybody wants you to fill those needs, right? The Eagles and the Bears feel like the two teams where they're not perfect across the board, but there's enough, there's starters everywhere, uh-huh. you know? Um, so it is tough to figure out, okay, what is this perfect need value component? I think Devin Bush makes a ton of sense there. I also went Nasir Adderley, um, even though they have, um, you know, safeties. Malcolm Jenkins, yeah. Yeah, they have Jenkins who moves around. Um, What's his face? I can't remember now. The ran- uh, former McLeod. McLeod. Yeah. Uh, at free safety. Again, you're not. Is he hurt? He got something. Though. But Adder- Adderley is also a guy that could play free. You can move him around a little bit. I think ultimately he takes over as your free safety. Is a perfect complement to Malcolm Jenkins, even though McLeod's played that free safety role pretty well when he's been out there. Mm-hmm. I think Adderley would be a really nice fit. Mm-hmm. Also think, just draft a corner, Eagles. David Long. <laughs> Eagles fans loved when I told him. That you could draft a corner, you are you are allowed to do that mm-hmm. at twenty five. You're allowed to draft more corners when you know Jordan Mills is on your team. Anyway, Colts at twenty six. Yeah, I always go back to those the two thousand was it fifteen Packers. You don't think they would have loved to have drafted a corner the next year after they drafted Demarius Randall and Quinn Rollins first yeah, right. two round picks. You don't think they'd love to have drafted the next year in the first round a corner? I mean, over the last few years, I mean, the, you know? the Packers, even though the Packers haven't had a ton of success over the last couple of years, their cornerback drafting, they went... They start. They realized that... Because they were the one that got burnt. Draft in volume, yeah. mm-hmm. right? They went Quint, uh, Quentin Rollins and um, Demarius, Demarius Randall. Randall. And then they went they, three years of just being bad because... Right. Because they were just waiting for those thought, guys to yeah, develop. Exactly. Right? Then they got Kevin King mm-hmm. in the 2017 draft. Mm-hmm. And then the 2018 draft, they got Josh Jair. Jackson and Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander. Yeah. You know, if you just look at like realized, a three, four-year yeah. period, they're, they're volume drafting a corner. And if by next year they've got two starting corners that are pretty good, they've, they've mm-hmm. done a good job. Just draft volume yeah. at cornerback, no matter what you have. All right, Colts, 26. What's their best case scenario? I think Jerry Tillery. I think it's a very real yeah. possibility. We obviously, if you've listened to the show at all, we're extremely high on him. And they love the, I mean, he signed Marcus Hunt to Nico Autry, Chris Ballard did. Loves that prototype. He adds more pass rush than those two, though. So I, I agree. I, so I think that's also, yes, perfect fit. This is also where I start to say A.J. Brown pretty much every other pick. <laughs> I think the back end of the first round gets you an A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown paired with some good quarterbacks, fantastic fits. Mm-hmm. So I like A.J. Brown here as well for the Colts. Uh, Raiders at 27, we discussed. How about the Chargers at 28? I also want Jerry Tillery here. And yes. I would imagine i could not foresee him slipping any farther than this i'd be blown away if the chargers pass on jerry tillery highest stunt grade in the nation of any interior player would Ooh. play well with the chargers also if you just look at the way the Chargers have built this team they're really strong at corner derwin at safety you've got the edges and bosa and ingram if there's been a weakness for years now for the Chargers, interior yeah. deal of course the old line but the interior of that defensive line just continue to make your defense 
a strength. Add that interior pass rusher like Jerry Tillery. Tough to argue there. I'm also going to go Nasir Adderley as just this best fit, free mm-hmm. safety in that scheme to compliment Derwin James. Mm-hmm. Be beautiful. Yeah, I don't hate it. That would be beautiful. Adderley there. I go I'm, more positional scarcity. The safety you can get probably back end around two. Sure. Going to be better than Tiller. Or going to be closer than to Adderley than whoever you're getting to Tillery. Tillery, I mean, not to you know discuss it again, but Tillery feels like this guy where he might go after a Dexter Lawrence, a Christian Wilkins, yeah. some of these other big-name players. And a couple years from now, we're like, hey, there's Quinton Williams and Cherry Tillery, these top unbelievable interior pass rushers that came out of this draft. And Quinton went number one off the board out of that group, and Tillery went fourth or fifth. And mm-hmm. what'd they miss? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't know. PFF. Chiefs, 29. What's their best case? I think DeAndre Baker would be the best case here. I don't have a handle on where any of the corners are going to come off the board. Like It either. seems like no one really knows at this point. But I think DeAndre Baker, scheme versatility, could play in that. Just add talent. I've called him a football player in the past. I think that play, I think they just need someone who... Who have you... You've done that for DeAndre Baker. Mm-hmm. And there was someone else you were throwing the football player later. Jimmy Moreland? I call Jimmy Moreland football player. Just too. corners. I mean, there's, corners there's other players that I call. There are other Can positions. we get a football player's article? Out of Tavon Coney's football player. Um... I could just, yeah, I could do a football player article. Let's do a football player article and a hashtag fun to watch article. Uh, sounds watch. like good content. Sounds like really good content. So we make fun of the hashtag fun to watch people. Oh, this guy's just fun to watch. We do it too sometimes. I'm, yeah, I mean, there are guys that are legitimately fun to watch. They're not the best players, but I just enjoy it. the people who do it as like hedging. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's fun to watch, but they don't want to have an opinion. Right, I got gotcha. you. It's like, oh, I yeah, gotcha. fun to watch. You can, it's not a compliment, it's not a negative, it's just. Something. I mean, like, it's, fo- I, mean I went with Quentin Nelson. Is fun to watch. So. Quentin Nelson was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He was elite and awesome, but he was fun to watch because he yeah. crushed people. And then you know. Anyway, uh, I also agree, DeAndre Baker. I don't have a good feel for the corners either because we have three guys as top fifteen. We have three corners in our top fifteen on the draft board, and in part that's because of the positional value component, not because we love them as players. Yeah. Well, I, so are we overrating them compared to where the NFL will have them? Will the NFL catch on to where we value them? That's my question. Well, no. So like our thing was we. So Byron Murphy. It, it always comes out to who's going to draft you. So Byron Murphy, we're, we're saying in the right scheme. There's right. like five schemes. You know, right. there's like five or six teams that really are zone heavy enough that Byron Murphy would make sense. True. So from that perspective, that all of a sudden there's half the top fifteen isn't going to take you, and so that drops you down their board immediately. It just drops you down. In the draft immediately, same thing with Greedy Williams. Half the teams are just going to be like, no, he's too man-heavy. Like, he's, we can't ask, he can't do some of the things we're going to ask him to do. He's getting right, dropped right. on the board. So from that perspective, they probably do go later than maybe where they end up fitting into, but it's the teams that we're, we're projecting them. The reason why they're in our top 10, Murphy and Williams, because we're assuming they go to a team that... If they go to the right fit. Exactly. Right. We're assuming they go to the perfect fit. Sometimes that doesn't always happen. Sometimes the Steelers True. draft Artie yeah. Burns, who's not a good fit for who them was, at all. Yes. That, you know, so. but, but they were one pick away from getting William Jackson, who would have been a great fit because mm-hmm. he's good at everything. All right. The uh, Packers at number 30. I think A.J. Brown. Here's your A.J. Brown guy. I think right. Brown fits the Packers mold of shifty, yak, route runners. Fill a slot right away. I think that's – reminds me of a stronger Devontae Adams. It's tr- like it's the comp I've thrown around for him so that would be really that'd be really good for the Packers yeah based off the way you've been comparing JJ Arcega Whiteside to Jordy Nelson I'm gonna say JJ yeah Sega Whiteside would be this really nice fit for the Packers <sighs> Imagine if they go AJ Brown 30 and then JJ at 44 I'm just <sighs> dream scenarios here let me take a second okay yeah just give no, Aaron everything he needs. <laughs> just give him everything he needs to be happy they're gonna succeed. yeah I was gonna say they better start because we all read the article Aaron, don't <laughs> Aaron, you're just, just walking on eggshells around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Don't want to say anything mean <laughs> to you, Aaron. Just want to keep Sorry, you happy. Rogers. All right. Aaron Rodgers, not elite. He's the problem in Green Bay. Anyway, the uh, Packers at 31. Best fit. Rams 31. Rams at 31. What did I say? You said Packers. Um, the Rams at 31. I was looking at Rams. Garrett Bradbury. We yes. both put him. He's the... Outside zone. John Sullivan, the wheels came off. It was bad. In the Super Bowl, six pressures. Garrett Bradbury... NC State ran more outside zone than anyone else in the NCAA last year. Rams ran more outside zone than anyone else in the NFL last year. That's like synergy. He's really, he's really good at it. And he's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like he is in that system. That's kind of why we're a little lower on him because he's 
extremely good run blocker. I have questions in pass protection, so I'm not going to draft him in the first round if I'm getting like a eh, pass protecting center. So we're higher on Elkton, but but so no matter what we feel about the run game, mm-hmm. the Rams are committed to it. Yeah. Okay. So whether we so, think it's overrated or not, we also have to weigh that the Rams are committed to it, and if they're committed to it. You might as well have a guy that's really good at zone yeah, blocking the way that you want a zone block. That's Garrett Bradbury. Exactly. So I think that would be a fantastic fit for the Rams at 31. Uh, Patriots at 32. Who is their best? That's tough to get a handle on. What would be what would you know most value over draft selection? I came to Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, I think, I think he's a great fit given they love the big guys that can move. Mm-hmm. He can play up and down the line of scrimmage. They just lost Malcolm Brown, their former first-round pick. Yeah. Let him walk, replace him with Dexter Lawrence on the interior. I was thinking a couple different ways here, though. A.J. Brown, again, I think would be a nice fit as far as fitting their receiver need and a route runner that can help Brady. Also, Will Greer is the guy I keep thinking about here. We have him as a fringe first-round type of prospect. You get that fifth-year option, and you know he replaces Brady in 12 years or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. Greer, I think, could be another guy for them. Let's do the second-round, third-round teams as well. Cleveland Browns have the number 49 overall pick. What's their best-case scenario? Jeffrey Simmons, and I think it's going to be. If I like... You think he's still there? I feel like he will still be there at 49, and this is going to blow. Heads are going to explode nationwide. Yeah, I think he's going to be there. Is he? ACL. I I would bet good money he doesn't go first round. I would bet very good money he doesn't go first round at this point. So he's Jalen Smith with With with, a video of him punching a girl. Yes. Jalen Smith also had a much worse injury. Yeah. Simmons has the video of him punching a girl from high school. So I don't. I'm, honestly, though, I don't know how much that gets weighed. So Jalen Smith slash Joe Mixon. Slash Joe Mixon. Yeah, it's closer. It's, oh, it's Mixon, Mixon with an went, injury. Yeah. So he could be there at 49. Yeah. Um, I, I was already curious as to how the NFL was going to weigh the whole video thing because Mississippi State gave him a chance to kind of rehab mm-hmm. his image, prove himself that he has turned things around, and by all accounts, he yeah. had. And he was... Eight, yeah, 18 at the time. He was still in high school, right? And so there is... It was a big deal in the recruiting community yeah, at the time with is, what they were going to do. Um, yeah, so that would be the best case scenario for the Browns to get a first-round talent like Jeffrey Simmons at 49 overall. How about the Cowboys at 58 overall? I like Darnell Savage, the fit there. Oh, heck yeah. We yeah, that was talking about this. I'm not... The safety class, I don't know where it ends up in round two. You could... You could tell me any. You could tell me any one of six names could be the first safety off the board, and I'd believe you yeah. in this class. Uh, so Savage could be one that gets lost in the shuffle, but I think just fit wise, it would be perfect if he dropped all the way to fifty eight. I mean, they keep they've been looking for, you know, mm-hmm. their their um, Earl Thomas, yep. free safety, patrol in the middle of the field. Love Savage there. Um, so I'm all in with that. I agree. Perfect fit. How about the Saints at sixty two? I want Julian Love. I just think they need talent at the cornerback position someone who can come in right away yeah and bring that love we have an early second round grade on a lot of people are in that sort of area but if that's what i'm saying this would be best case scenario if loves doesn't fall that early second doesn't get off the board 62 saints i think he could be an upgrade over god eli apple even and he I, could play a slot even if you're not gonna have him over apple i think he's a slot right away at least you know what's tough is when you don't have a first round pick and you're st- you just you just have so much hedging on how well you do on your second round pick. I feel like it really needs to be a, a position of value. Yeah. Like if you pick a guard with your second round pick and it's that's like, all you yeah. have, it's like yeah, it's like how much you add. So I think any of our second round corners, David Long from Michigan, Julian Love, who you mentioned, Amani mm-hmm. Oruwariye from Penn State, that was really uh, Justin Lane boat. from Michigan State. I think from a mentality standpoint, fits a need. Find a guy that could play consistently opposite Marshawn Lattimore. I know Eli Apple came in, did okay. But just continue to stock up at a position of value, I think, would mm-hmm. be great. I also wrote Elton Jenkins, center guard yeah. type of depth. I know they just he's, he's no I know Nick they Easton. have Nick Easton. I know Saints fans that they have Nick Easton, but uh, maybe they still need help on the interior of the O line. There's a reason like the Vikings didn't even want him, but okay. The Vikings have yeah bottom five O line in the NFL. Anyway, uh, maybe Bree- Breeze will protect him a little bit yeah. with the quick passing game. Uh, Bears. Their first pick is number 87 overall in the third round. What is their best case Yeah, scenario? I went with like similar to the Saints where get a position of value where you can actually hang your hat on something. David Long. I think you can play the yeah. slot right away. Buster's screen is not keeping me from trying to upgrade the slot there. Screen, I mean, best years are behind them. They're, they weren't even good years. That's that was best a, years. That's a low-key drop-off <laughs> there 
for the Bears. Yeah. Bryce Callahan, who's been fantastic in the slot, got hurt a little bit down, you know, got hurt down the stretch, but still the drop off to Buster Screen. A 30 year old below average slot yeah. corner. But he's played a lot of football. Yeah. He's played a lot. He's played a lot of football. I went Anthony Nelson. I think Edge would be another good value proposition here. I don't know. I think he'll be around there. Yeah. Iowa defensive end. I could see him being a second rounder. Um, but this is why it's the best case scenario. Anthony L- Nelson adding some power off the edge. Much different type of player than Leonard Floyd, who's already there. Um, but Nelson maybe, you know, stepping in opposite Khalil Mack. Oh, Jonathan Bullard. Whatever happened to him? Why did he? I had high expectations for Jonathan. I, I thought that was worked. the worst scheme, though. He was supposed to be this classic base 4-3 yeah, defensive, end, defensive end play the run like if he went to the Bengals yeah he added like weight to play for the Bears right I didn't want something's him. off there he wa- I wanted him to play lighter than he even played in college yes he should have been playing that <sighs> Michael Bennett role mm-hmm. base defensive end if he's going to be a pass rusher he gets to rush from the interior and if he doesn't pan out there then okay great you've already got a good base we were wrong Steve let's just admit it we were wrong we screwed up no he's in the wrong wrong scheme they can't all be wrong schemes it's all scheme fit. Just blame all scheme fit. Uh, Look, we all we all miss. We're just trying to hit sixty percent of the time while the NFL hits fifty percent of the time. Then we're winning. Fair. I, actually, I just want to hit at the right positions. As long as you hit on quarterbacks, receivers, and corners, you're okay. Yep. Receivers are tough though. Corners, man. Edges. Just hit on pass game guys, then you're fine. That's it, man. All right. Dream mocks, dream, dream scenarios. scenarios. Check out the full write ups at ProFootballFocus.com. Uh, we'll be back later in the week with more draft stuff. Uh, it's a little open-ended, so I'll take suggestions. If you guys, What do you guys want to hear mm-hmm. from a podcast standpoint? On Thursday, player profiles are all showing up uh, left and right on the YouTube channel. We've got our position rankings, all of it at profootballfocus.com. And, of course, the draft guide continues to sell out. We'll, we'll make more. We'll make more. They're selling up, but we'll make more. It's part of PFF Edge and Elite over at profootballfocus.com. Be sure to sign up if you don't have it already. Thanks for listening. We'll... Talk to you guys again on Thursday. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.